We have to create a culture where sunlight is celebrated. I'll always say sunlight is the best disinfectant. When we bring something and drag it into the light and other people can see it, sunlight kills it. It's only when we hide it that it festers. It's only when we allow it that it becomes normalized. This is the Military Sherpa Podcast. Left, right, left leadership insights from America's best. With your military Sherpa, Mark Tilsher. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's Midweek Mindset. And today, we're going to jump right into our quote, which is a paraphrase of a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King. And this quote is, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about the things that matter. And one of the things that I talk about quite often is that we have to stand up for what's right and that sometimes that costs us something. And when we don't stand up for what's right, it rewires our brain, it rewires our physiology. We change. We change when we don't stand up for what we believe in, when we defy our values. Nobody gets away with anything, even, even small things, our brain and our body know. And so as we think about the things and the ways that we would violate our principles or our values, we can think of things like when things are broken and we don't accurately report them, that's a problem. And we die a small death inside when we don't stand up for what's right. We cover up mistakes that we've made. We're not honest about those things. And that can be a problem or we cover up the mistakes our people have made because we don't want them to get in trouble. That also can be a problem. Or we let injustice go by. And this one I see happen quite often, which is I, I should have stood up. I should have said something. I wish I would have. And things go by and, and we die a small death inside. And I've coached people through all of these different scenarios. And I think of one where I was working with someone who he was experiencing racism in his work center and his boss um, was saying some very crude and some very cruel things about about his subordinates. Uh, one of his subordinates had to keep going to um, appointments for his wife who was pregnant. And rather than be supportive of the appointments, his boss was making some really inappropriate statements and jokes and, and really pushing the envelope. And this member approached me after a certification seminar and was like, I don't know what to do. I got back to my work center, but now I know I have to stand up for this and I know it's going to cost me something. What do I do? And fortunately, I knew his first sergeant and I called his first sergeant and said, hey, let me talk to you anonymously for a second. I know somebody that works for you that has this situation. I, I'd love to connect you with them. They're terrified something bad's going to happen to them. And I was able to link him up with his first sergeant, uh, who's a phenomenal guy, and helped him through that situation. But it could have and, and likely did cost him something. Didn't turn out to be as bad as he thought that it would be, but it still cost him something. Standing up and doing what's right often will cost us something. But almost equally as often, what we find is that in these situations, when things are broken, other people are very likely unsettled by this. When we cover up mistakes, other people are likely very nervous. When there's injustice happening, other people are equally distraught that they're not the ones standing up and saying something. And Henry Gracie talks about this idea of first courage, where sometimes it takes the first person to stand up and go, no, this is wrong. And all of a sudden, an army forms behind them to make it right. And my first rule, my first value on any team that I lead, it's always the first one. And uh, you may have values of your own. I hope that you do. But for me, the very first value that I have is what we do, what's legal, ethical, and moral always. Always. As a creative pioneer, I have a, a tendency to push the envelope and push the limit. So I need my team to always be thinking about what's legal, ethical, what's moral. And the tagline, the second part of that is that if we can fix it, we fix it today if we can, or we report it. We'll either fix it or report it. So if you bring something to my attention, I'm going to thank you. And either we're going to fix it today or we're going to report it today. Hey, we're not in compliance here. We need to make sure somebody knows if that's the case. Or we update our checklist to show or our um, reports to show that we're not compliant. 
and then we reward that so that everybody knows, hey, look, we do what's legal, we do what's ethical, we do what's moral, and we do it always. And we fix it today when we can't report it. We have to create a culture where sunlight is celebrated. I'll always say sunlight is the best disinfectant. When we bring something and drag it into the light and other people can see it, sunlight kills it. It's only when we hide it that it festers. It's only when we allow it that it becomes normalized. People around us are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, saying things that they shouldn't be saying. It's our word against their word. So we decide it's easier not to. It's easier not to because nothing is going to come of it. Nobody's going to believe me. You just keep going up the chain of command until somebody tells you not to. And one of my favorite things to do in any of these situations is just to repeat back and paraphrase what people said. Hey, we've got this problem. This piece of equipment doesn't work. Hey, we had this issue earlier out on the flight line where we heard a crunch and, and ah, don't worry about it. Did you see anything injured? No, I didn't. Did you see any damage? No, we're, don't worry about it. Okay, so you're telling me I heard a sound and we're just going to leave it and we're not going to say anything about it. Yeah, l- let's do that. Okay, perfect. Then you follow up in writing with an email. Hey, earlier I told you that I heard a crunch. You told me not to worry about it. I just want to confirm that's what you want me to do. And in most cases, once it goes to the email level, no. Like, obviously, there's specific procedures for a case like that. But once it goes to the email level, most people will recant. Come come to my office. In which case, we can say something like, and they'll be like, hey, why did you send that? No, I don't want anyone to know. You know, we're just going to let, we're not going to report this right now. We're going to get it fixed. With the end. Okay, I'm not comfortable having this conversation face-to-face anymore. So if you want to respond, and, and that'll cost you something. It'll cost you influence probably with your boss, let's say. And it may cost you a promotion, a privileged status, benefits, things that your boss did for you are allowed privileges. And that may be. And you have to decide, are you the type of person who stands up for what's right? Or are you the type of person who allows negative patterns to persist and continue? You've got to make a decision and then you've got to live with it. But it will change you. And it does change you. And so you take it to writing. Hey, you said you wanted this to happen. I just want to confirm that that's right. And if they say, well, I won't respond to your email, then say, okay, that's fine. I'm going to use my chain of command. And that might cost you, right? You're going to be the bell ringer now and the whistleblower. And there's legal protections for whistleblowers if it ever got that bad. But that doesn't mean it doesn't cost you something. It will. And I always say that because I don't want anybody to be surprised or I don't want you to think that I think it's easy to stand up and do the right thing. It's often very difficult and very hard. It's often a challenge. And people don't make it easy on you because it upsets the status quo and it upsets their their norm and sometimes their kingdom or their fiefdom is upset by that. And that's hard. It is hard. It's difficult. It's challenging. And people are dealing with this every day. But when we articulate it and we say, look, we do what's legal, ethical, and moral always, we fix it today or we report it, we can start to create a culture where we celebrate sunlight. And before you know it, your, your subordinates will be correcting each other and pulling things out of it. Oh, hey, I, I, you, nobody knew this, but I was reading the AFI and we're supposed to be doing that. And you go, man, good catch. Not, oh, crap. Nah, here we go again with the AFI. Here we go again with the technical order. Here we go again with the checklist. No, we've got to celebrate that. And so when we think about become, build, lead, right? Become a leader worth following. The first step is we've got to stand up for what's right. And when somebody calls us on something, we've got to accept it and embrace it and celebrate it. Man, earlier, Sergeant Smith told me about this thing that we weren't doing. Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that he did. Hey, earlier we found out we weren't doing this. Guys, good catch, teammates. We figured it out. We reported it or we fixed it or we updated our our MICT or whatever program we're using to report our compliance. Hey, we changed our compliance. We changed it right away. And I called QA to let them know, hey, we reported green, now we're yellow. Hey, we reported green, now we're red. But I want everyone to know we're accurate in our system. 
about our capabilities. Why? Because I said in a previous podcast, the way you report your capabilities dictates the amount of work and resources you're given. Period. Manning assessments matter. So do things like MCT. They're what, what determines how much capability you actually have and if you need resources to fix it. And so to become, we've got to stand up for what's right. And we've got to celebrate those who correct us. To build, we've got to train our subleaders to do that. And that's hard. And we can incentivize it, right? We can make competitions. Hey, whoever can come back with three items that you didn't know, or hey, you know, we're going to start a program for this and you can incentivize it for your subleaders. But you've got to train them and you've got to tell them, hey, our first rule is this. And, and I know in the past we haven't, but here's what we're going to do. And when somebody does, we're all high-fiving and we're going we're gonna to celebrate each other when we bring things to light. That's a big deal. Huge deal. And to lead, we've got to create a culture where this type of honesty, where this type of gratitude is the norm. And we do that through communication, right? We do that through having a meeting and owning our mistakes from the past. We, we can start that by doing something like what um, uh, General Wright, I think, General Wright? General Welsh, there it is. We can do what General Welsh did, right? Which was, hey, he ordered a review of every facility across the Air Force when he took over to look for in, uh, explicit material, things that shouldn't be there. And then a few months later, he ordered them to do it again and get rid of all the explicit material. And so you can have a line in the sand moment like that where it's like, we used to do this, now we're not going to do that. Hey, we're going to run a full MCT review and it needs to be accurate because I'm going to sample it afterwards and we're going to take some samples and if I find anything that's not accurate, people will be punished. And, and if everything is accurate, we're going to have a team reward and we're going to do something amazing. And that's a good start, a line in the sand moment. Let people know the past is the past and the present is the present and there's no, no accountability is going to be held unless there's a law that's been violated. We're going to get our stuff right and tell your boss you're doing it so they're not surprised. And then going forward, you high five and you celebrate when people bring stuff to light. And to do this, we create an environment where people are not dying to their values. People are not dying to their decisions. People are, are finding life because when they're concerned about something, you're fixing it. When they're concerned about something, you're the catalyst for that change. You're fixing it today or you're reporting it. It's going on the list but somebody knows and it can be prioritized manning-wise or resources-wise. If I tell you to go outside and build me a greenhouse and you don't tell me that the hammer's broken, I'm going to expect that greenhouse to be done. And guess what? You'll finish it because you're a rock star. But it's going to take you a lot more work than if I knew you didn't have a hammer. Hey, go outside and build me a greenhouse. Yes, sir, I'll absolutely do that. I haven't reported this yet, but my hammer is, is broken. Okay, let's pause on that greenhouse. I can't buy you a hammer now, so g give me a few weeks and I will. Or, hey... Let me go borrow a greenhouse from somebody else or, hey, let's report this up because my boss asked me for the greenhouse. If he needs it now, she needs it now, we're going to do it. But let me at least communicate this to leadership so they know that we don't have the capabilities we thought we did. I'll get back to you. One of those decisions can be made, but only if I know your limitations. So this is not a small thing. This is very important. I hope this helps. It's a midweek mindset. I'm going to try to keep it short. Y'all have a great day. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa Podcast with Mark Tilshire.